Hello and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Trent Smallwood as we bring you all things Georgia football recruiting related. Took a little break uh, last week. I had a little vacation and hey, uh, you know, somewhat of what uh, what happens when Roddy goes on vacation. Trent had had a Georgia had a recruit uh, commit in class of 2024 running back um T- Tavani Mizell we'll get into that we'll get into a decision that didn't go their way and Ricky Gibson and and many many more things on Georgia football recruiting related but uh Trent how's the how's the week going so far got a got a big series going on behind you I can see yeah good start three nothing um but uh the week's going good it's um you know it's getting getting inching closer towards the the season and I guess as um all, all the dog fans out there excited you know coming coming back as defending national champions and and trying to repeat it is a different uh di- different atmosphere but man we've got uh dog faithful tuning in from all over the country we've got dallas texas in here san diego california which by the way there's a little connection to san diego california that we'll be talking about uh, later on, Nolan says five minutes north of where the dogs hoisted the national championship in Indy. Uh, got a Forney, Texas uh, dog in here. So uh, lots of dog faithful tuning in from uh, different places around the country. Go ahead and drop where you're from in the chat. We would love to to see that as a, a frequent of the show. Uh, South Carolina Low Country Dogs says Beaufort. Uh, South Carolina. We got Hong Kong in the house, all the way from across the pond over there, uh, tuning in, Trent. So there's lots of Georgia fans tuning in from all over the country, all over the world, in fact, it seems like. So uh, everybody wants to know about Georgia football recruiting. And uh, Trent, I guess before we get into questions, let's kind of just dive into, okay, class of 2023, the summer recruiting events are all over with. Coaches are really kind of to dive into fall camp and get ready for their season. Players are starting their high school seasons. Just kind of tell everybody, you know, after being around doing this for years, what is this time of year typically like and and how much has it changed maybe over the last couple of years with some of the new new things in recruiting? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think a lot of uh, focus is, of course, on uh, fall camp and getting your team ready to uh, to play that opener against Oregon. But uh, you also you're looking into you more of an evaluation period of positions of need that you you might not quite field. And uh, it, you know, going into um, in the high school games have already started, films already out there. You got uh, coaches um, evaluating film. Um, one particular position is running back position who I've heard of a couple guys that Del McGee has reached out to. Um, and, and, and we'll see if anything comes of that, but, uh, but th- there's just evaluating positions of need in this 2023 class and then really turning some, uh, you know, focus towards the 24 class and looking at what, what kind of needs are there. Absolutely. And, uh, we will get into some of those running backs for sure. Um, you know, it, it seems to be interesting because now, you know, everything seems to be, have moved up. You know, first it was the early signing period, and now it's, you know, most of your guys are already enrolled after that, you know, when January comes around. Now there's guys moving up and reclassifying. There's talks of Georgia's latest uh, commitment to, to Vonnie Mizell. You know, he, he 
openly told us, hey, Kirby Smart said we would love if you would <laughs> consider reclassifying as a class of 2023 running back. So when it comes down to it, everything seems to be moved up and goes faster and faster. But I would caution people to realize that there is no – I don't think even though Kirby Smart has been consistently in the top five uh, every year he's been there since after his first very first class when he came on inside the top five recruiting, I don't think now in the days of the NIL and the transfer portal that there's going to be a map on how to do this, uh, Trent. I think they're going to teach every or treat every class differently. And if, and if Georgia doesn't get some of these top – tier guys maybe that they're going for like a justice haynes or something like that georgia may be more inclined to say you know what we didn't really have to utilize the transfer portal this last time around they may go heavy in it the next year yeah i think i think you're you're on a year-to-year basis with with your recruiting just some fact that uh you 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 know the, the the kids you're recruiting are different the positions of need uh you know vary from year to year and you know it there's also you, you talk about the transfer portal. There's also you know what head coaches leave after the season, what kids are, are hitting the, the transfer portal and uh, portal. And you know yeah, Kirby elected not to go heavy this year. He picked up a, uh, a few quality players last year that kind of led him to help lead to a national championship. And you could see that again after this year. You you got another um, um, group of kids that are probably or could leave early, and you got your group of seniors. Um, and that you you'll see what happens down the stretch here in this uh, um, recruiting class, but there's a couple of different positions that I could see going into uh, the spring of next year that, that could be needs for the, for the Bulldogs in 2023. Realistically, I could see that, you know, depending on what happens, I could see Georgia not taking uh, a quarterback in this class, maybe going out and getting a quarterback via the portal. I could see them taking maybe as few, maybe one, maybe no running backs, as crazy as it sounds in this class, and going to the portal and doing that. Defensive line, the same thing. If Georgia doesn't get these top guys, Georgia is not necessarily um, in a position now, program-wide with the talent they have built up before all the NIL bonanza and everything that's going on to where they have to reach for guys. I think they can be a little bit more patient and kind of see and also Trent I think an interesting dynamic is you know a lot of these schools are killing it right now on the trail but eventually toe has to meet leather and the games have to be played and some outcomes are going to even though we are deep in the era now of NIL and and you know the monthly figures and all that kind of stuff influencing these kids I still think winning matters to a lot of them yeah most definitely because you know winning is security uh winning and security for coaches on that staff who are recruiting these kids and uh and not only that i mean a lot of these a lot of these coaches are saying come come join a championship squad or, or you know come help us lead to a championship and if you're going three and nine while they're in high school or while they're being recruited it's hard to imagine them uh you know getting to that national championship level um yet it, it's going to be interesting you, you've seen it in the past with with teams like tennessee who who's uh you know, had big springs on the recruiting trail, and then that kind of died off when it hit the season. Um, I'm interested to see what's, what happens with Florida. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Miami. Uh, those type of schools that are that are having a lot Texas. of success. <laughs> yeah, Texas. They're having a lot of success on the recruiting trail. 
but have struggled in the years past uh, when it came time to tee it up. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, here in a couple weeks. We're talking about, you know, obviously Texas and the the relation there is Georgia was in the last two for Arch Manning with Texas. And, um, you know, Texas couldn't have had a worse weekend. Uh, they'd lose Isaiah Naor to a knee injury, um, who was supposed to be maybe the most consistent receiver that Quinn Ewers had. And then a guy, Hall, um, a guy that everybody questioned if – he was a good fit when Sark decided to bring him in. Somebody that Nick Saban publicly excoriated on the podium saying, hey, this guy was not, not it. You know, like he was not ready when his number was called. He, he dropped that big third down against Georgia. He gets arrested over the weekend. Who knows if he's in? He's indefinitely suspended. So I think some of those questions that uh, people had about maybe Sark and can he build the culture, can he get the culture right, all that kind of stuff, and some of the guys he's – bringing into that program, um, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like a year or two from now. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, yeah, I know you, you got Arch Manning and you got some guys coming in with him, but, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot depends. You know, you know, Texas is quick to to pull the trigger and, and say, hey, uh, we ain't winning. Um, we got all this money here. We got we to make a change. And uh, I, think, I think these next couple of years are big for Sark. Um, not saying he's on the hot, uh, hot seat right now, but you know, a, a, another season, another seven and five season, and uh, he's going to find himself on the you know the hot seat quickly. And coming to the SEC, it ain't going to make it any easier. Well, and and one reason people may uh, ask, you know, why are they talking about some of these other schools? I think why we're talking about it is because legitimately, some of these classes that let's say Texas A and M doesn't win the way they're supposed to, Miami could very well go in there and beat Texas A and M this year uh to, to and that would really set uh Texas A&M back with you know still having to go to Tuscaloosa a couple weeks after that things things of that nature so if they don't keep going in an upward trend that's someone that's a program you say okay how many enter the transfer portal after the season same thing with Florida uh with with what they're doing right now so there are some schools with some recru- recruiting momentum out there but i think it's going to be interesting to see is that you know kind of a flash in the pan type deal? Or are they able to sustain that type of success going forward? I, th- I think one of the big uh, things, also, I guess, when it comes to Texas, what what kind of promises was made? Uh, and I know there was, you know, the NIL money, and and that type of thing. Were, were there promises made? Were, were our freshmen going to be uh, irritated when they don't see the field, you know, early in their uh, careers? Uh, I think I think that that's a risky. Uh, a play that they're they're going with out there and it'll be interesting to see um you know what what the mood these freshmen are in come about mid-season or if you start to hear a little uh portal um talk um, uh, out in uh, texas a m well and it's not just that think about it from a roster management standpoint literally at some of these schools you've got true freshmen coming in have never played a down of football and they're making big money I mean, literally tens of thousands of dollars a month, I, sometimes north of twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. And you've got guys who have been there, put in the butt, blood, sweat, and tears that aren't getting paid that kind of money. I mean, eventually, there's a locker room dynamic. Uh, people can say, oh, well, that, you know, we're going to manage that and all that you want, but. And if there's some old heads in there that are seeing some screw up freshmen get get paid big time money and and uh, 
you know, like Lane Kiffin said, eventually, you know, in the NFL, he said when he was a coach in the NFL, the guys that got paid the big money, he had to play them. I mean, so, you know, how does that, how does that work when it comes to college? I, I'm fascinated by how college football is going to look a couple of years from now. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you see, you see it all over. I mean, you see it on the Braves roster. You see who, who hit seventh or eighth. They were not making a big, big money and, and not, uh, you know, necessarily contributing the, uh, up to standards. I, I think it, it's definitely going to be interesting because, you know, especially these schools that are, uh, I guess, buying recruits, it, it is, it is a risky, risky thing because, like you said, you do have these those kids on on campus who are not necessarily making that amount of money and might be higher on the depth chart or uh, a bigger star than the, the the freshmen coming in that are that are making a, a a buttload of money. And and as a coaching staff, if that guy comes in and and he doesn't uh, produce like you think he's going to do. Now where where are you sitting? I mean, it, you, you got a guy sitting in third string who's collecting this amount of money per month and never contributes. So it's very risky uh, at, at you know buying these recruits like they are. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it all turns out. I know Georgia uh, for that reason, uh, the roster management part of it uh, tends to to not be a big fan of uh, getting in bidding wars for true uh, incoming true freshmen and i don't think you'll see them uh, continue to do that i'm not saying georgia's not utilizing nil there's been a huge push at the classic city collective to try to get things going because georgia knows that they need a sustainable way to do that um but in terms of uh you know some of these just massive deals like uh, nico i am oliva and and uh Jaden Rashada and all these kind of guys, I don't think you're going to see um, Georgia too heavily involved into that. But uh, Trent, uh, you know, without anything else here to kind of start off with, uh, some of these questions and some of the more news we need to talk about is going to be involved in these questions. So go ahead and hit us with that first question there, Trent. Uh, this is from DGD1994. What's the most likely wide receiver hall at this point? Who are options to flip at running back? Okay, so, uh, Trent, if you'll go ahead and take the wide receiver core there, um, then I'll, I'll kind of get us all on running back. So, if you had to guess today, who are you feeling uh, that Georgia lands at wide receiver before all is said and done? Let's see. Um, let's see. They have Cottrell committed. They have uh, Yazid Haynes committed. Um, I still like where they stand for Tyler Williams. Um, Anthony Evans, I would probably predict Georgia, and one more. Um, kind of, I mean, I, I still think they're recruiting Jalen Hill. They're re recruiting Hakeem Williams. Um, they're recruiting uh, a few other guys, but I would go with those two and plus one. I think they, I think they might take an, uh, one additional. Yeah, and I and when you talk about Jalen Hill. Uh, I think people need to realize, you know, Georgia has had Jalen Hill on campus multiple times. I know there's a lot of Texas and a lot of Alabama talking. You know, if I had to put my money down on a day, he's probably going to end up at Alabama, I would say, instead of Texas. Some people think he's going to Texas. I think Georgia is in a lot better shape, though, than people think in that, in that recruitment. I think Georgia and Alabama are two. Uh, kind of going neck and neck right there. Um, who knows? Texas, like I said, we know they're not, not shy to – throw around the NIL money and things like that. So he could end up there as well if that's a, an important factor to him. Um, 
But, you know, hey, uh, Georgia is in good shape, I think. So I, I, I think uh, what you said right there is pretty, pretty, pretty spot on. Cottrell's already committed. Uh, you know, add, add, and they've got Yazid Haynes who they flipped as well. Oddly enough, they flipped Raymond Cottrell as well. People forget he was committed to Florida at one point. So two flips at wide receiver. If they were to get Anthony Evans this month, that would make three flips because he was committed to Arkansas and Georgia was the one that first put the heat on him. So, uh, yeah, the, a lot of those guys, and they do think Tyler Williams. So I think you're right on there. Running back, um, the, the flip options, I think the, the main flip you would see, obviously they're still going after Justice Haynes. I don't know that that's how re- feasible that is at this point to, to that he ends up in the class, but I know they're still – and they're going to pursue him until uh, the ink dries on that, on that uh, letter of intent. And then Roderick Robinson out of um, San Diego, California. I've, I've – written a piece of, you know, interview with him. I did another piece interviewing his father, six foot one, 230 pounds out of San Diego. But uh, Trent, you know, he says he models his game after Derrick Henry, uh, a big physical back, but, but I've seen some videos of him in seven on sevens and running wheel routes and stuff like that for a 230 pound guy. This is a guy who can move, who can catch the ball and, and is really, uh, you know, really entertaining to watch. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, he's a he is a um, a haul carrying the ball, and you know he's got that second gear when he hits the open field. Just watching this film, I mean, it looks like he's playing with a bunch of um, five flat forty guys up in the field because he's always pulling away from the pack. So uh, good hands, and and I know that's one thing that Dale looks for in a running back is uh, the ability to catch the ball at the backfield. It's uh, you know I, I've talked to several coaches that. Hit, that uh that he's reached out to and then he's that's one of the big things is he wants uh to not only see his running back film but he wants to see uh film of route running and he wants to see films of uh uh, that particular running back catching the ball so um so yeah uh catching the ball out of the backfield is huge and uh he definitely you know hits that and we should mention, I, I failed to mention, he's committed to UCLA right now. One thing that his father, uh, Roger Robinson Sr., told me and when I was interviewing him is that Del McGee came out and said, your son is an SEC back. He said he 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 is an SEC guy. He needs to be um, he needs to be playing in the SEC. So Del McGee really uh, playing up that, hey, you don't go play that that Big Ten style ball. Uh, come Because, you know, UCLA moving to the Big Ten. Um but and, and oddly enough, uh, Roger Robinson is a guy who has a lot of family in Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. So uh, he's reportedly coming on a visit. Um, they're looking at maybe that Auburn game for an official visit, which that Auburn game is going to be chock full of recruits, Trent. So that's kind of what we're seeing at wide receiver and running back. Before we go to our next question, though, I'd, I would be remiss if I didn't put this up for everybody to see. Guys, we have a unbelievable deal going on right now over on the website if you use promo code run it back you can pay just 33 dollars and 18 cents what a ironic price there for your first year of coverage and man is there ever some coverage going on with uga sports right now with dash with uh roddy dane brent us guys here recruiting jed everybody is just putting a bunch of uh hey paul i'll give you a shout out paul hey paul yeah paul with the sunday sunday show over there paul uh you know do it doing work over there so we had 
mean, that is a great opportunity for you. Use promo code RUNITBACK, and you can pay just thirty three eighteen for your first year. I mean, that's a that's a great great opportunity there to uh, get get the benefit of all this site for a year for you know just like less than two lunches now. This seems like so. Uh, all right, next question we got here, Trent. PA Dog Six Ten says, "Any word of twenty three and twenty four commits and prospects in attendance for the Oregon game?" Um, Trent, you may have heard of some. I know I've, I've I've talked to Chris Peel. He plans on the the safety out of uh, Providence Day. He plans on being in attendance. You know, and his teammate Jaden Davis, uh, Providence Day. They could very well come together. Jaden Davis is is not uh, and said definitely he'll be at the game, but he's he's looking into it. Um, Tavani Mizell, the new commit, uh, running back in the class of 2024, he's planning on getting over to that Oregon game. So, um, Trent, have you heard of any more guys that are planning on uh, being in attendance? Uh, I mean, not nothing concrete, but I think you're going to see, um, by the time it gets the you know that week of the game, you're going to start hearing a lot more names. And, uh, I think, I think it'll be a pretty good crowd, uh, you know, uh, of recruits. Um, you might see, uh, more like 23 commits, but a bunch of 24 targets. You might see a couple 23 targets, but I would see a lot of commits and, uh, a lot of 24 targets and, and, and some commits, uh, in attendance. Yeah. I, I, when I was, I went to the, I just went to the, the Georgia Clemson game last year and oddly enough, kind of where I was sitting, there was so many of those, uh, of those attendees, there that were there for Clemson and for uh, Georgia. A.J. Harris was there last year. So, you know, things like that, you, you see guys there and you're like, okay, uh, it, this is interesting. Sammy Brown was there last year. Who knows, he may be in attendance again with that game just being down in Atlanta. So a lot of guys attend those. Trent, this is something that that kind of uh, made news this, this weekend with Georgia-Florida to some extent because Georgia-Florida kind of, uh, you know, is able to 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 newly give out tickets now, but that's not something that's been necessarily prevented. It's just been a neutral side thing that they haven't done. And Trent, are you still with us? I can't see you, man. Don't know if Trent's still in here with us. So I'm gonna remove uh, Trent for a little while in here. He can uh, he can come back in with us. Um, but. Let's go to our next question here from Pine Tree. What happened with Gibson? He seemed, uh, we, he seemed a good shot um, with Georgia, and he also seemed to be a pr- big priority for UGA. So, all right, here's the thing with Ricky Gibson. Georgia was in a very good position with him after around August 1st, as of August 3rd, August 4th, still checking in with sources and everything. Seemed all Georgia for Ricky Gibson. Tennessee came in with a late push. Uh, Georgia wasn't pushing quite as hard as Tennessee was there. He goes to the Volunteers. Uh, Georgia is pretty well, pretty well set uh, in the, in the defensive defensive backfield at the at the moment. I mean, they're they're still obviously going to add a couple more guys, and they would have loved to have a guy like a Ricky Gibson. That's why they offered him. That's why they wanted to bring him in. That's why they brought him on multiple visits. But they weren't going to push uh, quite as hard as Tennessee when it came. Uh, when push came to shove there at the end. So that's kind of what happened with that one. Big Dog says, what is the latest on D-line prospects? Uh, Jordan Hall and recent decommit to Marin Parker. So he's talking about Tamarin Parker who decommitted from Penn State. I know Penn State is just praying 
to the good Lord that he goes anywhere but Georgia because they're kind of tired of seeing their their guys uh, flip from Penn State uh, down to Georgia. I think Tamar and Parker, you know, Georgia, Florida, right there in the mix for him. Uh, I think Georgia's much better positioned with Jordan Hall. I think they're putting more emphasis, more priority on Jordan Hall, to be honest with you. And uh, I think that he's their number one guy. Trent, would, welcome back, sir. We're talking about uh, DL here. So uh, so, so uh, I finished talking about Ricky Gibson. I said, man, Tennessee just didn't – Tennessee just pushed a little harder at the end and maybe a little harder than Georgia was willing to push. Yeah, I, I think um... – Again, I think I think Georgia has a good defensive back class coming. I think they've had a few um, upsets, you know, speaking like AJ Harris coming back and and, and beating Florida for him, and a, and a couple other guys, and that that Georgia has landed kind of their top guys, and and I think uh, um, I mean, Justin kind of- Justin Rhett, AJ Harris, Daniel Harris, Jonel Aguero, um, you know, with Justin Rhett and Daniel Harris and A.J. Harris, all three could play corner. I know Daniel Harris could move in or Justin Harris could move in and play safety as well um, because of size and length and stuff like that. But I think, I think defensive back is kind of the least of Georgia's worries at, to your point right now in this class. Yeah, no doubt. And I think I think if you're going to take another one, you probably might take a uh, look more towards the safety. Uh, Chris Pill comes to mind, but um, – I only see Georgia taking one more defensive back if, you know, as long as they can hold on to the four they got. Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to the question I was addressing when you, you had your little technical difficulty there, said latest on DL prospects. I said, you know, Jordan Hall is definitely, I think, by far and away their top priority right now, uh, even more so than than a, than a James Smith. I think James Smith, someone obviously they like a whole lot, but, you know, Tamar and Parker, uh, I said, Penn State's pretty much praying that he'll go anywhere but Georgia. They're just tired of seeing guys flip to Georgia, I think, up there at Penn State, uh, Trent. But, you know, Tamar and Parker, I think Georgia, Florida, both in the mix. But Jordan Hall, I would I think the one that, that you want to circle uh, in this class that Georgia's kind of – if there's a must-have, I think Jordan Hall is that must-have. Yeah, definitely. I think he is, uh, you know, like a Jalen Carter. Uh, came in at more uh, underrated – type kid and that he's just kind of blossomed and he, he's a, got potential writ, written all over him. I mean, I, I, I think he would uh, definitely be the top guy Georgia's after. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Scuffletown Dog asks his question, who are your breakout players on offense and defense besides proven ones? I think that Scuffletown is talking about the current Georgia team, but I want to take a little bit different angle on this, uh, Trent. We'll, we'll answer that question real quickly. Who, who's your breakout player on offense and defense for the current Georgia team? And then I want to provide a different angle. Breakout. Um, sh- offense, I'll go um, offense, A.D. Mitchell. Defense, I'll go – oh, besides proven ones. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, besides uh, proven ones. So, new, new breakout performers. Well, I mean, I guess you have to go offense. You have to go uh, Eric Gilbert. And uh, defense, you'd have to go um, – I'm going to go – one of those inside linebackers, I think, uh, w- would be the one. I mean, you got uh, Dumas Johnson and um, uh, Munden. Uh, I think I'm going to go Munden. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I definitely think I'm going to go Branson Robinson – 
and Jamon Dumas Johnson. I think those are my my two that because I don't I just don't know if Kendall Milton can can stay healthy for a season. I I, I would love to see it. I would love to, he's a tremendous talent. Uh, I think the young man is is an unbelievable young man. Like you, when you talk to Kendall Milton, interview him, talk. I mean, great kid. Uh, just you know, can you stay healthy? Aaron Smith, same thing. He hadn't been able to stay healthy during during his career. Now a guy like a Dylan Dylan Bell or Denalyn Morissette's going to get a a chance to 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 step up. You know, who knows? Maybe even a CJ Smith with his speed. If he gets healthy, he, maybe he's able to step up and provide some some plays. But I think Branson Robinson, that guy that's going to, he's just he's just you know. Kirby Smart, when when Kirby Smart starts talking about a freshman in camp, we learned this last year. He mentioned the name Brock Bowers a couple of times, and everybody's like, oh, "Okay, well, he's a freshman." But when Kirby Smart mentions you by name in camp, I think uh, that you you better uh, pay pay attention, especially as a true freshman. And I think one I'm I'm watching closely uh, besides that with a freshman is Michael Williams because the way Georgia runs its defenses and its packages. Michael Williams is going to be able to make, uh, have the opportunity to make a big impact, if not on early downs, definitely on those pass rushing third uh, third downs. And that you could see his stats uh, really yeah, block yeah. him um, in, in those pass situations. Yeah, for sure. We got some uh, questions out here. Alex Walker, Alex Waller says, who will lead the team in sacks this year? Um, I know we're getting off recruiting here, but that man – People forget Robert Bill led the team in in sacks last year. Robert Bill um, is a guy that Kirby Smart said is having an unbelievable camp. I think he could, with his experience and with the attention that's going to be on the inside on Jalen Carter and and maybe even on the other side, just by scouting Port Notoriety with Nolan Smith, he could have another big camp, big year. Yeah, and I, I think I, I think Jalen Carter is going to get in there and get some. I don't think he'll have you know huge numbers like a double digit sack year but uh i think he's going to have his fair share of sacks nolan and i think you're going to see a fair share of sacks from the uh from the inside linebacker position the way they blitz those inside linebackers i think you're going to see munden and uh and uh you know that group uh Demos johnson and all that that group of uh, inside linebackers i think they're gonna uh you know utilize that speed and um i think you'll see a fair share of uh um sacks from that position as well Absolutely. Savannah, excuse me, Savannah Dog says each guy's talking about me and use preference between Jaden Davis and Julian Sayan. So if you had to pick one of the two, who are you taking, Trent? Personally, you're you're the oh, you're the man. director of player personnel. Who who are you taking? That's tough, man. I I, I mean I I want to say Jaden Davis just because I like uh the playmaking ability um he brings, but uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of them. I think if you're you're, I mean, I okay, I'll go Jaden Davis. Yeah, Maybe. I'm going Jaden. I'm going Jaden Davis all day long. I know, I know, Julian Sayan is a, is an unbelievable talent, but Jaden Davis is the guy you want. Uh, he he gives you he gives you that, like you said, that that playmaking ability. He's a guy that just oozes confidence. I mean, Jaden Davis is a guy, young man that he's not he's not cocky. But it's right on the borderline of being a little overconfident. I mean, he's he's that kind of a, a player out there, carries himself really well. Um, I like Jaden Davis a lot. Well, so that's that, that's a good trait to have. I mean, Stetson Bennett's yeah. the same way, and and absolutely, I mean, that is uh, no knock uh, no knock on him, but that's the re that's a that's a big reason why he 
was a starter last year. And the big reason why he's as, as successful as he's been is because he's overconfident. And yes, it comes across, it might come across as cocky sometimes, but you got to have that from the quarterback position. You can't have somebody that, that doesn't have that quality because you need somebody. Now there's extremes. There's your Johnny Menzels and your guys like that, but um, you don't need to get that extreme, but you need a guy with that confidence uh, that he's going to come in and make plays from day one. And, uh, and I think he has that. And I think an, another guy like Gunnar Stockton, he's a, he's a top prospect that has it, has it as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, the, the confidence is definitely a trait that you need at the quarterback position, short memory, all those good things. Shannon Sipsy from the YouTube channel says, who are the recruits you see Georgia getting to finish the class out? So right now, uh, Trent, we're talking Georgia's got two wide receivers, so we'll kind of go by position. We've said that Anthony Evans and Tyler Williams – are two that we feel pretty confident that that Georgia, as of today, uh, could end up with. Um, and then you you know you said maybe a, a Hakeem Williams, maybe a Jalen Hale. That would be kind of icing on the cake there at the wide receiver position if they get those. So let's say two of those. That would put you at twenty. They're set at tight end, uh, offensive line. You know they've got three right now. Uh, holding on to to Bo Hewley, I think as of now is is a huge deal. Um, keeping him, uh, what do you think? Maybe, maybe one more. They flip, they flip one more offensive lineman and get four in this class, and maybe addressing the portal after that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think four uh, would be the number uh, I would go with. I still think that um, there, Monroe, I mean, Monroe, Monroe Freeland's, Freeland's still the, out there, and and he just, I guess, he just visited. Um, did did it, did he get make it to campus in July? Um, but yeah, he he's a he's a big target for Georgia, and 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 of course there's just some others that that Georgia's been high after that committed elsewhere that they'll continue to to fill fill for this fall. I think I think offensive line is definitely the position that you're most likely to see a flip at later in the year um, for Georgia. You know, Stacy Searles just getting his feet underneath him, and if Georgia is able to run the ball as well as I believe they're going to be able to run the ball. This year, and not necessarily because not necessarily because it's the most dominant line or the most dominant backs, but I think more so because Georgia's got so many weapons on the outside that I think they're going to be able to spread people out and actually threaten people down the field with the passing game, and that's going to open up some things for the run game, Trent. Yeah, and I think Georgia's at an advantage because there's it they're a hard offense to defend, whether or not. You, you look at their team and you're like, oh, well, they don't have George Pickens and they don't have uh, Jermaine Burton. But they're a tough defense to – I mean, they're a tough offense to defend just for some fact their tight ends create so many mismatches. So if you have multiple tight ends on the field, then you got to make a decision. Do I want to stay in a nickel, which it, it is who might require to uh, – to defend Brock Bowers or, you know, or they can, you know, drop Darnell Washington and, and, and play a little power game against that nickel. I, I just think they're a tough team to defend. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's going to open up the running game when you split those, you know, tight ends out, or then you can, you know, bring them in and bunch them up and, and they're just going to, they're just going to be hard to defend. And I think that running game could really uh, flourish just, just because of the mismatches they have on the outside. And our point on that was the running game flourishes. That makes offensive linemen head turn a little bit more. But like, oh, hey, I'm, I want to go here. They're gonna, they're gonna let me. They're gonna go let me attack. Let me run block. That's what I want to do. So uh, if they get up to four offensive linemen 
with the the four receivers, the two tight ends, the four off. That would put you at twenty one. They're set at inside linebacker with three, uh, and Allen Wilson and Bowles. They have a kicker. Um, Seven Clouds committed right now. He's not going to probably end up being a part of this class. So I think you're looking at maybe a Jordan Hall to end up in the class. Maybe even uh, uh, Xavier McLeod because uh, he com- you know he commits later this week. I think Georgia's right in the thick of that one. I, I don't I don't think that one's over by any means. I think Georgia, uh, you know, all sources are saying feel pretty confident uh, about it. People that we've talked to. Um, so it's right there between Georgia and South Carolina, it seems like, for Xavier McLeod. So you could see uh, Jordan Hall end up there and Xavier McLeod. That would end up – that would put you at 23. And then maybe another two more edge guys in Pemba and uh, Damon, Damon Wilson would be two guys that they're really after. I think in Pemba being the biggest one that they want there, that would put you at 24. And maybe you get another DB – yeah, it's 25, and and who knows, a quarterback flip at the end, um, you know, something along those lines puts you at 26. So I think that's kind of how that class would would finish out just, just roughly uh, as of today. Um, and we kind of – to that line, Trent, OU Herschel Walker says, well, we make room, meaning Georgia, make room for Hall, McLeod, and Smith if all three wanted in. Um, yes, I think that uh, – Quay Russo, I had a future cast in for him um, as of a couple months ago. I'm getting closer and closer to moving that one elsewhere. I think Russo and James Smith probably going to end up uh, somewhere else, not in this class for, for for Georgia, in my opinion. But I think they would definitely take all three. And then Trent, of course, they would take all three of Evans, Tyler, and Hakeem Williams for sure at wide receiver. No doubt. And, and I think you have some flexibility with, with the – the new rules around the recruiting class. So, um, I mean, you, you could, you know, yeah, the initial counters are out the window. You can, you can sign as many as you want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you can set that number and say, Hey, I, w- I want to get at 26 or 27 and you could end up landing, uh, your, your top targets and you get to 30. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter now. So yeah, it, you just, you just got to open up scholarships for them. Which, yeah, you just got to kick other guys out that are there, you know, uh, reduce their NIL monthly fee, make tell them, tell them go, uh, go try to go try to find it somewhere else. So, and then, you know, oh, you Herschel Walker, he added in here best finishing move. He had to hit his with the wrestling question in here. Greatly appreciate it. He said, Who had the best finishing move? Mr. Wrestling two with the knee lift, uh, Dusty Rhodes at the bionic elbow, Goldberg had the spear and the jackhammer, and Stone Cold with the stunner. Uh, I know, I know. OU Herschel Walker on the vault went with uh, Mr. Wrestling Two in the knee lift. I've got to go. I mean, this is a Georgia show after all, right? You got Bill Goldberg there, um, Georgia recruiting show. He was the spear and the jackhammer. Plus, I was a '90s baby, you know. So I, I got to go with Goldberg and the spear and jackhammer right there. That's who I'm going with. You going with the stunner? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Goldberg was my pick before. You know, I I would have to go with Goldberg, but you know, I. I'm also, uh, you know, born and well, started watching wrestling in the '90s. So, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been around. I, I guess you you forgetting about the dirty sock, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, Mick Foley, <laughs> Mick Foley, for sure, for sure, absolutely. The last question we have here on the vault is uh, MJ Sherman. What's the outlook on him? You know, we didn't even talk about MJ, uh, and I feel like that gets done a lot. He's a talented guy that came in, but but Trent, you know. I feel like 
he's being overshadowed to a certain extent by the hype that's coming with Marvin Jones and Michael Williams. And, you know, he was playing against some, uh, you know, with, with a lot of talented linebackers that Georgia used in a lot of different ways last year when he didn't really, you know, get to get to play a whole lot. But I think he's set to be a big contributor this year. Yeah. I think he's going to get a lot more playing time than, than people realize. I mean, he, he was one, basically one year coming out of ACL um last year and this is his this is his year to to real flourish and 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 i think he's going to be the he's gonna start off the year as the third outside linebacker behind uh nolan smith and and bill and i think you're going to see him uh, a lot you know early in the season i think you might see you know marvin jones and michael on some pass rushing situations and uh kind of kind of similar how they use uh adam anderson early in his career uh, how they used Channing Tindall before he became a, a key contributor last year. But I think you're going to see uh, th- those three guys because they're going to be trusted and run and run defense. And, and um, I think, I think Sherman's going to have a huge role in this team. Absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of, you know, huge, huge decision, huge roles coming up, Georgia, like we said, they're going after Anthony Evans. He commits uh, on August 26th. Xavier McLeod, as defensive lineman, he commits, um, makes his decision on Thursday, uh, that the 18th of, of the, this week, August 18th. So you got McLeod on the 18th. You've got Anthony Evans on the 26th. I think you got uh, Tyler Williams on September 27th. So there are some decisions kind of looming here, and there's some 2024 guys that George is kind of getting further down the road with. So make sure that you are subscribed to the UGA Sports Vault. Again, pay just $33.18 for your first year and get full access today to all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff from practice, Roddy and and Dash and all those guys breaking uh, injury news, all that kind of stuff, telling you about the scrimmages, good stuff coming out, all the recruiting, recruiting stuff. So as these decisions come up, Use the promo code, run it back, and get thirty three eighteen. But Trent, anything before we sign off here? No, I mean a lot of lot of high school football. I know, I know, it's there's some scrimmages been going on, but a lot of a lot of games coming up this weekend. Yeah, um, I'll be going to Johns Creek uh, and uh, Parkview on Wednesday night, so I'll be over there watching. Georgia's got a couple of uh, Dylan Crawford and my uh, Mike Matthews uh, DBs at Parkview that they're that they're going after in twenty four class. So. I think I think I'm headed over uh, watching Buford and Thompson Friday. So, um, yeah, it's a big week. Absolutely. Well, for Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer. Guys, make sure to subscribe, like, turn on notifications, use that promo code to get your thirty-three dollar and eighteen cents subscription for an entire year to UGSports.com. And we'll catch you next time on Rumors versus Facts. 